0: The Buffalo Bills overcame the elements and a pretty darn good Jets team to pick up a 20-12 to 12 win in the AFC East. And now, it's time for my Buffalo Blues. Happy Victory Monday, Bills Mafia. That was a interesting game on Sunday definitely probably maybe kind of sort of wasn't the prettiest but it was a good win over a good team in some tough conditions so i'll take it i'll take it every day and twice on sunday that moves the bills to 10 and 3 on the year and gives them a uh, a very important division game. It keeps them in first place overall. <clears throat> but I guess before I get into the rest of this, you know, one of the biggest conversations over the last year was basically the thing that the Bills have to do is win home field advantage so that the Chiefs have to go and play in Buffalo. And after seeing this game and what the conditions did to uh, the bills on offense i'm a little curious as to why uh, home field is this thing that people are fixated on i said earlier in the season that i don't care if the bills have the one seed or the six seed as long as they're playing good football at the end of the season uh, and they're playing up to their potential, I think they're the best team in the league. So whether they have to go on the road or not, uh, I don't think it's going to matter. But I can understand wanting to make a team like the Chiefs or the Bengals have to come to Buffalo. But both Cincinnati and Kansas City play in very cold weather conditions late in the season as well. So it's more of a crowd noise thing, I would say, than anything else. And you know what, to bring uh an AFC title game home to Buffalo would be awesome not my home but uh, you know I'm not fixated on the one seed like a lot of people because the one seed tends to lose after having a week off so i mean the bills could use it to to get a little healthy but i i'm not going to fixate on that and after seeing what the elements kind of did to the offense in general um I've got some questions, but we're going to get into that. So, in the first quarter of this game, there was no scoring. It was 0-0. I mean, it was 0-0 all the way up until, um, what, like 25, 30 seconds left in the first half? And, you know, the Bills punted, 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 and then eventually scored a touchdown. And you know it's okay they went three and out uh, then they had a little five play drive went three and out again nine plays punted again three and out then scored the touchdown and so at least they had the lead before they were going to give the ball back to uh, the Jets to start the second half and that was important because the Jets ended up scoring that touchdown Uh, the Bills respond with a touchdown of their own they force a fumble then they get the ball at a field goal, so at that point, it's a 10 point game in really bad conditions. The third quarter is almost gone at that point. Defense comes out, forces another punt, still 17 7. Bills add on a field goal, they make it 20 to 17 or excuse me, 20 to 7. But when it was a 13 point game in the fourth quarter, you know, there's part of me that's like, okay, that field goal probably did it right there because of the way this game is going, but also. We've seen a lot of 13-point games in the fourth quarter swing very quickly. So I wanted to at least get another field goal out of it. And then when the Bills got safety, it was like, uh uh-oh, what's about to happen here? But safety wasn't the end of the world. Uh, Bills' defense again forced another fumble, stepped up. They went three and out and punted again. Jets get a field goal to make it 20-12. to Bills get the ball back, three and out again. And then the Jets turned the ball over on downs, down eight. But it was a close game, basically, the whole way through. And one of the things that I like to take a look at is kind of play distribution. And I always look at it, but maybe I wouldn't have been as focused on it had uh, there been anything really going on in the first half. So, you know, that Bills had six drives in the first half. Half of those resulted in three and outs, two more of those resulted in punts, and then they had the one touchdown. And I think one of the other drives that ended up in a punt was five plays and one was nine. So I was really curious how their particular play calling efforts were put together given the circumstance. And the Bills ended up um, on their third possession of the game they got into a first and ten and that's when the penalties started rearing their ugly heads here you had Mitch Morse get pegged with a ineligible man downfield penalty and then Dawkins Deion Dawkins picks up a false start and so they go from a first and ten to a first and 20 at their own eight yard line And then, I believe, on a second down play, uh, Roger Saffold gets hit with a holding penalty, but it's declined because of the loss of yards and uh, loss of down on the play. So then the Bills end up in a third and 16. They don't convert. Then they have to punt. Uh, Next drive, they also punt again i think that was the one that was nine plays and Allen has that miraculous scramble on the play 16 yarder to convert a long third down there and ultimately that effort uh only results in some field position unfortunate but still zero zero at that point they punt away again and on this drive uh, they get hit with more offensive line problems. So, it wasn't just the offensive line struggling in terms of giving up pressure, uh, giving up sacks. Allen got sacked three times. It was uh, holding procedural penalties, and the Bills have had issues with procedural penalties kind of all season long. They've been... Even last year, they got hit with like an illegal formation penalty like quite a lot. This year, I've seen a lot of false starts that have been drive killers, had some of them here, but... um, On the drive before the touchdown, Dawkins picks up a penalty, negates a first down scramble, sets him back, and then he gets caught holding again on the very next play, Um, but it's declined in favor of fourth down. So it was a third and two that Allen scrambled and converted, holding brings him back to third and 12, uh, and he gets flagged for holding again on the next play. And it's just declined because they didn't pick up the, uh, the first down anyway. So they're forced to punt. And so I know that when uh, Quisenberry was in the game last week... Uh, He had issues. He had a lot of protection issues. Um, It didn't look like he was moving very well, playing on a bum ankle and everything. And so it was a big deal to get Deion Dawkins back in the game. But he did not have a good game. I mean, already we're talking about the first half. And in two out of three drives, he's picked up a killer false start, back-to-back holding penalties, drive killers, drive killers, telling you. So I don't know if it – maybe he's not 100%. Maybe the Bills – are just going to have issues at at that particular point of protection. But definitely not what you want to see. The Jets do have a good defense, though. So it's not like, you know, this is happening against an inferior competition. This is a really good defense. It's just uh, it sucks to see it happen at that particular uh, spot along the offensive line again. And then the Bills end up uh, scoring the touchdown with a couple of 30 seconds left in the first half. And this was a a great play to Dawson Knox here for the score. And I mean, the effort from Knox alone was super impressive. And the Jets actually got flagged with a couple of penalties, I think, on this drive. I know they got flagged with at least, yeah, they got hit with the encroachment on the fourth and one uh, to, I think they're not quite at midfield. looks like Bill's uh, 39, so they're getting there. And they line up, they move Knox in motion, and they get Mosley to jump, pick up the first down. That ends up being huge on this drive, actually, because the Bills probably punt there if they don't uh, get that play. Just because, you know, the way things were going in that game, defense was holding it down, so they were going to be conservative in the bad conditions and force the Jets' offense to have to win the game. And uh, first and 10 at the Jets' 40, Allen picks up an 11-yard run, Uh, Carter on the following first down gets hit with a defensive hold moves the bills to the jets 24 and then uh Knox comes i don't know if it was in motion or off the play action but he comes open along the sideline or coming across the field goes up the sideline makes a hell of an effort uh, to fight towards the end zone gets flipped upside down and his helmet just barely misses being touched down Uh, outside of the goal line and as he flips over the ball breaks the end zone and it's a touchdown so the bills walk away from the first half up seven nothing after a really kind of like clunky first half and you know Allen was nine of 16 for 70 yards got sacked three times the good news is all three of those sacks were in the first half um and he didn't get sacked in the second half at all lost 17 yards on those sacks he also scrambled three times for 32 yards so similar kind of to what happened in the first game against the Jets where the Jets defense was good and they just had to take what was there and that was a lot of Allen running the ball and uh, there were some designed runs in there for him as well but they only had nine carries for 32 yards as a team to close out the first half and Another thing I always like to look at is how they distribute uh, carries with the lead. So that's something I'll look at uh, in the second half numbers. But, you know, I think one of the things that was frustrating here, at least for me, was that, you know, the Bills are clearly not having success throwing the football early in this game Uh, because it was wet out there. Like, grip wasn't great. Guys were struggling to catch it. Allen was off target. Just... It's just an instance of, like, I want Ken Dorsey to read the room. Like, the pass is not working. Try running the ball a little bit. You only ran the ball nine times, and you threw it 16 times in a half where the weather conditions made it very difficult to throw the ball. And so I'm looking at this from, obviously, the outside looking in, and I just want to see them run the ball a little bit, you know? nothing's happening regardless you're putting a lot of pressure on Allen again uh, and you're telling the defense hey we're gonna throw you know two out of three times so pin your ears back get after the quarterback that's where all the sacks came from and then if you look at the second half they did learn so I appreciate that they were able to make those adjustments at the half and um, Allen only actually had 12 passing attempts officially didn't scramble at all either in the second half because they got a little bit more behind the run game one to play defense with the lead and uh, a lot of those were Allen design runs as well and you know they threw the ball 12 times ran it 11 times in the second half officially so weren't you know they barely put up over 100 yards but the condition sucked so completely understandable and One thing I always look at, or at least as I have been lately, trying to diagnose like where some of those losses came from and what they did wrong was how they treat um, possession and the clock in the second half. And here you have the Bills run the ball six times on first down in the second half. So that's more than the first half. Uh, The run game wasn't really working either, but they didn't stay committed to it. I mean... Between the four running backs, they had 14 carries. Or excuse me. Between the three running backs and McKenzie running sweeps, uh, they only had 14 carries. Uh, One of McKenzie's jet sweeps got called back on a holding penalty. Cook ended up with only four carries for six yards. Uh, Singletary, though, eight carries for 39 yards. He's averaging 4.87 per carry. Long of 16. Like, I don't know why... In a game where running the ball seems to be the smartest thing you could do, you only give your best running back eight carries. That, I just I don't understand. Um, And the Bills ended up, you know, overall, what I will say is uh, true run plays. So, plays that are sent in to the huddle as run plays. They had 20 of those from my count. And true pass plays, they had... 34, based on my count. So that's actual attempts, sacks, scrambles. Um, And Allen, you know, 16 of 28 is not a good day. Uh, It's not the worst day ever. He didn't throw a pick, which was going to be the key in these bad conditions, was if it's not there, just don't throw the interception. Don't fumble the ball. Don't be irresponsible here. So, I mean, 16 of 28 in the rain and in the snow and in the cold... I can live with that. I mean, it's 57%, so it's not great, but it's okay. He throws the touchdown when it matters. Perfect. Um, His aggregate yardage, uh, I'd say, is 162. So that would be uh, his passing yards and scramble yards. And then his uh, quarterback yardage, he only had... 15 yards from designed quarterback runs. So the that tells me that the Jets were very much aware of uh, situational instances of when the Bills wanted to design runs for Josh. He had seven carries for 15 yards. He did have the touchdown, which is great, obviously. And his total offense was about 177 with two touchdowns. So all things considered, like the way this game went, the kind of conditions that made it difficult uh, to run the offense, he played a good game. Um, but most of his uh, rushing yardage came off of scramble plays, where he was averaging more than 10 yards a rush, and then he's barely averaging 2 yards a carry on design runs. I don't know if it was because the field was slick, but it seemed like maybe he was moving a little too fast. It looked like he fell down on a couple of them, just trying to like, get to the point where he has the ball and he's moving. Um, but yeah, the Jets have a good defense. They diagnosed some of those instances very well. But at least in a short yardage situation from inside the five on first and goal, they design a power run play for Allen. He so he scores the touchdown. The Bills are up 14-7. They basically don't have to look back at that point. Um, so just food for thought. You know, Saffold got hit with a false start as well later in the game. Um, and there was an instance where the safety happened where the bills are backed up in their own territory and it's first and ten at the eight they run for yard and then they go incomplete incomplete so they didn't even buy their punter any room before they decided to punt and it ends up in a block punt and it went out of bounds so called the safety the series after that uh, Saffold gets hit with a false start it turns a third and 11 into a third and 16 so one of the things that, you know, I saw a lot of on social media is that the Bills offensive line has to be better. And I think the general consensus, uh, at least in the commentary that I've seen, is that, like, they're not playing well enough, that they're getting beat. And I don't know that that's necessarily, like, the biggest problem, because they're playing against a really good Jets defense. So I have to give them credit, because, you know, the Jets aren't—they weren't 7-5 and coming into this game because they suck. So— You're asking uh, an offensive line that really kind of only got figured out as the starting group kind of towards the end of last season, so they really, like, haven't had a long time to play together. Dawkins is coming back off the injury after missing a week, so he could still be dealing with something, and I think it was, uh, like, an ankle injury as well. I think I saw ankle and elbow listed last week, but don't quote me on that. Anyway, for me... Yes, the offensive line could play better in terms of uh, just like one-on-one matchups against the defender across the line from them. Sure, but that could be the case for a lot of offensive lines. What I don't want to see is the procedural stuff that is killing them, like drive killers that take them out of field goal range, drive killers that turn third and short into third and long. The snowman didn't have a good day. And, I mean, Saffold didn't either. And, you know... It's a little bit of a bummer, but you got Saffold getting the hold in the false start. Morris hit with the ineligible man downfield. Um, So a procedural penalty, basically, but on a live ball. Uh, Dawkins got caught for holding three times. I believe two of them were enforced along with the false start. So again, this is a a concern if he's healthy and he's getting beat so much that he's got a hold. But if you look at the second half, um, he did get hit with the hold early, and then Saffold got hit with the false start. But the offensive line really, you know, held up a lot after that. They didn't give up a sack in the second half either, so they were able to clean up a lot of the issues that they were having uh, in the first half. And you know, I can't really, I can't really complain. It's not uh, an issue where. This is something uh, I want to complain about Um, it's just something I noticed and you know I think when you go back and you look through the tape and you see kind of how some of those penalties uh, affected the drives in this game that's where it starts to get a little cloudy because, I mean, honestly, like the Jets had more first downs than the Bills. Uh, They were much better on third down. Uh, They ran 20 more plays. They had more yardage. Yards per play was about the same. Um, They just, you know, they had a couple of turnovers and the Bills didn't. And that was kind of the difference the last time these two teams played is that the Bills turned the ball over and the Jets didn't. So this is going to be an interesting rivalry. If the Jets make the playoffs and end up playing the Bills again, it's going to be a really interesting game to see and what I loved seeing that I am gonna get into right now is um, the Bills defense played great and that afforded the offense the opportunity to figure things out and what I will say for Ken Dorsey is this uh, the run pass balance still ended up being around the 60 40 zone that I like it was actually 37 63 so within the The buffer that I would say goes to 35-65 range. And look at the results. The Bills, like, although they didn't score a lot, they did control the game. They played responsible in the second half. They understood they had the lead. They put the pressure on the Jets in terms of having to beat the good defense, and they relied on guys that they pay on defense as well. And speaking of those guys... Uh, Matt Milano had a great game. He had seven solo tackles, huge tackle for a loss, two passes defended, his one quarterback hit that they gave him credit for uh, damn near broke Mike White in half. And one of the weirdest things is that Dolphins fans for some reason today are coming out saying that Matt Milano's a dirty player. Even though they acknowledge that the hit against Mike White wasn't dirty, and Mike White himself went up on the podium and acknowledged that the hit was not dirty, there's a lot of Dolphins fans for some reason today on the timeline talking about Milano's a dirty player and I don't know why because obviously they saw something that made them feel they wanted to say this uh, they maybe didn't like him getting away with a clean hit uh I don't know it's weird the Dolphins lost they're in a bad mood and they're two games out of the division lead now and two his confidence is shook who knows anyway Edmonds had eight tackles, four solo. Teron Johnson uh, had eight, seven solo tackles. And you can see what Edmonds means to this defense. He had a tackle for a loss too. Poyer had a tackle for a loss. The Bills ended up with seven tackles for loss in this game. Seven passes defended, eight quarterback hits. You know, Von Miller is gone from this team and the defense has really stepped up. Ed Oliver played a great game. Greg Rousseau came in and had two sacks, a tackle for a loss tip ball at the line of scrimmage pass, defended two quarterback hits. I think he came up with a forced fumble and maybe even a fumble recovery. No, he didn't recover it. Uh, Daquan Jones is the one who came up with the fumble recovery. Uh, so Shaq Lawson played a good game, got a sack and a tackle for a loss. Bills ended up with four sacks in this game. So you're seeing that Devon Miller effect on the team is still there even though he's not on the field. Uh, and there was some instances where uh Zonovan Knight had some good moments uh his touchdown run was great he ran through a couple of tackles there ran right through DeMar Hamlin uh again it's a it's a pursuit angle thing you know he ended up only having a shot at really getting a hold of his legs and against a guy like bam it's not gonna do it but you look overall the Bills Held the Jets to 76 rushing yards total, 3.5 a carry, 22 carries total, and the Jets still threw the ball 44 times. So, this Jets team uh, gave the turnaround and gave the ball to their running backs a lot more than the Bills did. And the Bills shut it down. Um, like Garrett Wilson still had a solid day, six catches for 78 yards. Uh, Elijah Moore, you know, had a decent day too. Mike White, you know, I think. Bills fans and a lot of people around the league watched that game, and they gained a lot of respect for Mike White. I think especially after the Ed Oliver hit, because again, not a dirty hit, but just absolutely blew him up and knocked the wind out of him. And he was on the ground, folded in half, leaves the game, comes back like a play or two later, uh, gets back after it, and then... The hit from Milano, like, right in the ribcage, buries him on the throw. And what's crazy to me is that I don't know if it was because of this game, but you saw in the Sunday night game that the referees threw an absolutely grotesque garbage bullshit flag on the Dolphins for roughing the passer on Justin Herbert on a play where he got sacked. It was not an egregious roughing at all. Um... Like, I, like the one that got called uh, in Miami's favor when Tua, I think, got hurt uh, the second time. Or no, excuse me. It was the, the Tua-like play where Tom Brady was whipped to the ground. And they threw a flag on that because of what had happened to Tua. And that was called uh, Roughing the Passer. And in this instance, it was like Herbert turned. He got hit. The guy took him to the ground. Perfectly clean play. And I get it, you know, Bills fans, we don't like the Dolphins. We don't want the Dolphins to win. But that was such garbage. And it was at a time where the Chargers were really backed up in their own territory as well. And it turned a, I think it was a sack on third down, turned it into automatic first down. uh, Where the punt would have given the Dolphins the ball at midfield in a close game. So... Uh, really just egregious cheat there, and that really sucked. But you know what? Needed the Dolphins to lose, so I'm not going to feel too bad about it. But as someone who just enjoys football and I want to see the game, like, have integrity in the way that it's enforced, that call was absolute horseshit. And to see what Mike White went through in this game and to not get a roughing the passer call and then to give that call to Herbert, that was trash. But at the end of the day, my respect for Mike White went up a lot. I don't think you can get him out of that starting job now, unless he really is hurt. But, you know, he played tough, and that's what I would want out of my quarterback, and I see why the Jets play well for him. So moving forward, he's probably going to be the guy from now on, oddly enough. Around this same time last season, the Bills were derailing the Mike White hype train. But I think, if anything, they—I uh, mean—they didn't add fuel to the fire. But he definitely uh, kept his train on the tracks, even though he was getting run over a little bit. He—he uh, he earned his stripes in that game. But you know, the Bills sacked him three times for 30 yards. Uh, they ended up coming away with those two key fumbles. That really swung the game when it was still uh, close, and then, you know, they opted for that field goal when they were down uh, 11. I want to say or down, yeah, they were down 11. And time is winding down. They're inside two minutes. They're pff, minute 18 left on the clock. They kick the field goal to get it to eight. Then they try the onside kick. Don't get it. And at that point, the game is over. So interesting. Uh, coaching philosophy there from Sala to not go for the touchdown, to not even try to convert um, from a fourth and one at the Bills' nine. I mean, if you get a first down there, you got four more plays inside the 10-yard line to try and score a touchdown. And they hadn't even used their timeouts yet. So, I don't know. That's one of those things where, like, if you're a defensive, conservative, run-the-ball kind of coach – You take the points there and you, like, stretch out the idea of being alive a little bit longer. But you're going to need the onside kick either way. You're going to need the field goal either way, so I get that too. But just interesting in terms of, like, a young coach's philosophy moving forward. And, like, if he would go for it on fourth and one next time and risk ending the game. You're on the road. You're in Buffalo. You know, your quarterback's been getting worked over a little bit. Do you show your team that we're going to try to win the game right here or we're going to play to win, or we're going to play to keep the idea that we might be able to win alive. I don't know. It's something to look at moving forward. But, you know, we're 30 minutes in. I don't really think I have that much to add about this game. Uh, You know, Josh Allen still made the miraculous play when he needed to. It's unfortunate that that drive ended up getting uh, burnt out a little bit, but... Overall, when you when you factor in that the offense wasn't playing well, and this was a division game that it's not quite a must-win, but winning it uh, basically seals up the division. I don't I don't want to speak too soon, but they are two games ahead of Miami uh, with four games to play, so Miami would have to not only beat the Bills, um, but they would have to at least split each. The, the Bills would have to go 2-2 two two the rest of the way and lose to Miami to lose the division so if nothing else it kind of like put the division back in check as the Dolphins are coming to town and the Dolphins didn't look good against the Chargers they really didn't if the Chargers defense gave them those kind of problems and like I'm, Tua just looked so out of it in that game I mean they still have that big play threat obviously but It just looked like his confidence was completely derailed. I think there was a point in the game where he was 3 of 26 passing. And to me, I was just like, this is not the Miami team that I've seen all season long. So I don't know. Whatever San Francisco did to them uh, messed with their heads a little bit. And, you know, there's still a winnable game against the Chargers because the Chargers aren't that good either. So uh, I'm excited to see the Dolphins come to Buffalo in the cold weather. And uh, we'll see what excuses they and their fans want to bring to the table if they lose in the cold. But, you know, if they win, they deserve that. So we'll see what happens. Um, But I'm more confident, way more confident now in the Bills and their defense than I was uh, when they were going through their injury spell. Kind of like in that first month-ish of the season. And I'm looking forward to that Dolphins game. I know all the Bills are. I know the fans are been waiting to get this one back in the cold weather in buffalo uh for the whole season ever since that loss back in like week three or four it's been uh it's been an interesting journey bill's defense really stepping up in the absence of von miller i think says a lot not just about their cast of characters as players uh and what Vaughn has done to the defense from a mental standpoint but also uh just from a coaching standpoint to know that he was brought in here to be the guy to close out games and to see the defense playing the way they are and closing out the games without him has been it's been really nice to see that's that's where I'll leave it um and that's it 33 minutes nice efficient uh not the prettiest win but Uh, An important win, Uh, a good team win under tough conditions against a good quality opponent. And I know it's weird to think of the Jets as like a legitimately good team, but they are. They got a legit defense uh, and their offense is going to get better with White. They just got to learn how to like, you know, play with him as the quarterback and play in the conditions and figure out what's going to go on at their running back position. But the Jets are pretty solid. So I respect this win. You know, you still scored 20 against uh, one of the better defenses in the league. You only gave up 12, and two of those you handed them on a safety. So really, the defense only gave up 10 points. Um, that's pretty damn good. So no complaints. Uh, I would like to see the offensive line not fall start and not get so many holding penalties, but hopefully that's something that can be addressed uh, over the course of the next six days or so because the bills are playing on saturday and unfortunately i made plans before this game was moved to that saturday spot so i'm gonna have to record it and watch it after the fact which means it's gonna be a crazy game i can already tell uh this was snow in the forecast basically and those weather games are always super interesting so uh anyway thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to this i really do appreciate it you know Getting in touch with other Bills fans and getting to talk with uh, a fan base that I was never connected to growing up feels really good. So if you have any words of encouragement, if you think I suck, you want to say something to me, uh, good or bad, you can find me on Twitter for now at Nick Scheisty or at Scheist Podcast. Um, or you can email me if you want to, nick at thescheiste.com. And, uh, you can tell me I suck, you can tell me I'm great, you can tell me I'm in-between. Tell me something. Anyway, until next time, take care, be well, stay safe, go Bills! Thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to this episode. I still believe that word of mouth is the best way to help, so if you enjoyed it, please tell somebody. But liking, subscribing, and sharing go a long way, too. This show is an extension of thescheist.com, and you can contact me at info at or at Scheist Podcast on Twitter. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills!